This is another episode of the 9-5 Adventures podcast. And before we get started, do not forget we sell coffee. Two blends, Summit View and Weekend Getaway. They are both small batch specialty roasted coffee. We put a lot of time and effort into it and... All of the money goes back into supporting the podcast. So if you want to have a tasty beverage and support the show, please head over to 95adventures.com or any of our social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, send us a message and we will get that out to you on your doorstep ASAP. And we really appreciate all the support. Thank you very much. My guest today on this episode of the show is James Murphy. He is a BMX rider, just overall really cool dude, and he started this company with a couple friends called For The Experience. I came across the website. It's really neat the way it organically started, and the designs are great. It's super cool, and who doesn't like something with the theme For The Experience? Go to their website, read their bio. Their story's great, and you'll hear it here from James. But please enjoy this super fun conversation with James Murphy. Does it look like my head's too small for my body? No, no. I feel like my camera looks so weird right now. It's like long ways <laughs> for some reason. I don't know why. Not quite sure. It's, it's like vertical or is it? Yeah, it's like vertical this way. <laughs> it's weird. We're recording too, so this is gold for the podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I'm good to go when you are. Cool, man. James, this is this is really sweet. I told you earlier, like beforehand, I was talking about uh, my buddy who had his son, he was fixing up a bike and you were helping him and he he had nothing but like awesome things to say about you. He was like, man, this guy, I've been, he's been looking up for somebody to help him with his bike for so long. He couldn't find any place or anybody. And you just helped him out with it and gave him a bunch of information. So he shared like, you're a page with me because I like all the BMX and action sports stuff. And then I saw your little company that you started. And I'm like, this thing's so rad. I got to get James on to talk about this. And you said yes. I'm like, yeah, sweet. And here we are. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'm stoked to do it. So with like the bike riding stuff, and as far as that goes, when did you start bike riding? Like, um, and BMX and doing all that stuff? Um, so pretty much it was, um, in 99, I started racing. Uh, I lived in Florida before I moved here and, um, and my parents took me to our local BMX track and, um, and yeah, I started off racing in 99 and pretty much that's what got me into it. Cause I just was at the track all the time and was doing racing stuff. And then, uh, slowly got into the whole like skate park side of things and like, built dirt jumps in my backyard because we had like a pretty big yard and my dad would help us build jumps or ramps or whatever so it was yeah that's kind of started off racing and then gradually just went from there into skate parks and then trying tricks and then I had a younger brother that uh that was riding as well and um yeah we would just you know compete back and forth and push each other to to progress and stuff so that's kind of what happened that ha- I like that will ha- like the pushing each other to progress is crazy. Did you meet a lot of people right off the bat when you started doing the skating stuff, or did you kind of know a bunch of people from the racing scene? It's wild to me. I, I know I'm going to go off on something weird right now. I love Rad the movie. It was like my favorite movie growing up. I wore yeah. that tape out. It's awesome. And I oh I never could find an organized like racing thing when I was younger. Like when that came out. So like I I couldn't yeah. find an organized like 
church back where I lived in the valley. So it's it's always funny to me to see that there's actually still a scene of that going on to this day. Yeah. I mean, the whole racing side of things is like, it was, I mean, 2012, I think was the first time that they were in the Olympics. So that was like kind of when, when I realized like, oh, this is not going anywhere. Like if it's just getting into the Olympics, like it's going to be a thing for a while now. And then like the whole the BMX community, at, at least like racing side of things, that's how I met a lot of people and made a lot of connections and stuff. Cause we would travel around to different races and stuff. When I was growing up, my parents would take me and, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of funny though. Cause most of the people that I rode with at the track were different than the people I rode with at the skate park. So there was like two different sides of BMX and two different groups of people that I ended up hanging out with. So it was, it was kind of cool to like be associated with both groups, but still get to see like the good, like the good side of each, you know? And what did what what made you drift more towards this or do you still do the racing stuff? I don't do racing anymore. Um pretty much I stopped just when I got older and my parents were like, Well, if you want to keep doing it, like go for it, but we're not gonna we're not gonna pay for your stuff anymore. And then <laughs> that's when I was like supporting myself financially and I was like, Yeah, this is a pretty expensive sport, like for just like a kid that's in high school, you know. So I kind of got out of it at that point and wasn't really into the whole competitive side of things either kind of just wanted to ride for fun and um and yeah that's that's kind of why I got out of it is I just kind of got over the whole competitive side of things and people were getting too serious it was like getting to the point where uh if you weren't gonna if they weren't gonna win they would do anything they could to like wreck you so it was like I don't know. It just wasn't worth it. Cause I wasn't really getting out of anything out of it. And sometimes I'd get hurt just cause people were like, they'd do anything to win. So I was like, yeah, it's not really worth it anymore. You know, it really is like the movie then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty close. <laughs> Maybe a little bit more advanced <laughs> bikes so... and, and like track building, but yeah, pretty close. <laughs> That's hilarious. I would have never thought that the BMX dudes would like try to wreck you like that on purpose. Like the, that's weird. It seems weird to me. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, people, people take that stuff pretty seriously, even if it's just like a, like a local race where you don't win money, you win points. Like they just add up throughout the year, you know, there's not really any real benefit to it. And people just, they get real serious about it and real competitive. So. That's hilarious. So what, so then you go through this, like, you switch over to doing more street stuff because obviously that's like calling your name type of stuff, like that sort of stuff. You like bowls, flatland, like what are you what are you mainly focusing on when you switch out of that? Um, it was mostly the uh, the closest skate park I had to where I was living. Um, I lived like in the middle of nowhere in Florida, so we didn't have any skate parks. But the closest one that I had near me was in a town called Jupiter. And uh, Abacoa Skate Park was like the first park I started going to like on a weekly basis. And um, and then I just kind of, after I was done with the racing thing, that was like, that was what replaced it. I would just go to that skate park over and over again. And then like, we had some, like I was saying, we built dirt jumps in our yard. <clears throat> so me and my brother were building up those for when the skate park sessions weren't going like, because there was like dedicated bike sessions, like they, you weren't allowed to just go anytime. 
Um, so we what? on the days, yeah, it was crazy. They had like it was only Tuesday, Thursday, six p.m. to nine p.m. or whatever were like the bike sessions, and then the rest of it was skateboarding, like any other time. So we we're kind of limited on skate park hours, so we had to you know, figure out what else to do when we couldn't go to the skate park. And that was the only one that was even close enough to go, you know. That's wild that they made that rule. Why would they make that rule? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've realized now that that's pretty common. Like after living in a couple other places and traveling around there, there's a lot of, a lot of skate parks that have um, designated bike hours now. And like only bike sessions or like, bikes are only allowed to be included with the skaters at this time or it's just it's really weird i don't really get it but i don't know that's just how things are sometimes at those those types of skate parks is that to this day like right now they do that yeah actually i went uh i went to a skate park on tuesday night that the bike session is um it's it's only bikes are from 7 15 to 9 30 p.m on tuesdays so that's like the only day that I can make it there because it's the only day they allow bikes. So it's just so weird that it's still like that. I mean, it's getting more and more to the point where everybody's kind of included, but <clears throat> there are still a couple out there that you can only ride on certain days. I mean, cause I like to see, like, I love to see the, the BMX guys. They're awesome. And the, the stuff that's done is like blows my mind. Like, these, these kids are really this is awesome they're super entertaining the stuff they do in their minds i'm like holy crap man that's wild you're doing that with a piece of metal flying through the air you know with like things <laughs> that can stab you if you fall and all sorts yeah, yeah. going fast it's really really awesome to watch you can just sit there and hang out and watch and and everybody in the bmx community that i've ever met has always been super nice like at skate parks. so i don't understand why the separation between the two i mean i'd want to go and see you guys rip it up yeah, and I mean, every time I've been to a skate park that is like includes everyone, like the the local one here that I go to is in Costa Mesa, and um, that one's that one includes everyone. There's nobody like running the park or anything; it's just an open park. And I've made friends with a lot of the skaters. There's even um, there's even like a whole group of like roller skaters that come out now too, and um, and we all just you know we all ride together. We just take turns, and we're all supporting each other and people it's funny like the skaters are like it's crazy that you're doing this stuff on a bike like you can't bail and i'm like yeah well it's crazy that you're doing this on a skateboard because you can hit a rock and just go flying like <laughs> like it's all you know <laughs> from different people's perspectives it's it's crazy you know it's what you're used to like i rollerblade so it's and i have I never in my lifetime growing up through the nineties doing it thought I would ever have a skateboarder say, dude, I don't know how you do that with those things on your feet. I would fall down. Like, <laughs> wow, that's crazy that this situation is going on. But I think it's all what you're used to because I mean, now you got scooter kids that tear things up and some kids can do all of the different things, which is really neat to see like them just get all the experiences in, but it really just is what, like your balance points, what you practice, your muscle memory and all that is what I'm assuming, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I've seen, I've still shown up to the skate park and there's somebody that is switching back and forth between skateboards, roller skates, roller blades, scooters. Like they're just, on, they'll hop on a bike and like they can just do all of it. But then there's the one person that's just like on a skateboard and they're just looking at you on a bike and they're like, 
you're crazy dropping in this bowl on a bike. Like I would never do that. But I mean, that's, that's how I feel about their sport. So yeah, it's all, it's all just what you're used to, you know? So what, what brought on starting this for the experience and explain to people exactly what, and, and me too, because I purposely didn't look up like a crazy amount. I read the bio a little bit and kind of the blog, a couple little stories or whatever in there, but I purposely want to kind of find out from like your perspective, what it's all about, how it started and all that. Okay. So, um, so then after I, I went to college, I moved up to Orlando and um, met a couple people in the BMX scene up there. And, uh, and I was living with a couple friends and we would always just like, it was like the, the dumbest little things. Like we'd go to the skate park <clears throat> and then after the skate park, we'd go eat at this like, um, this like Tex-Mex place down the road. And, uh, and one of my friends was always so broke and he's like, well, I'm going to go, but I'm not going to eat because I can't afford it. I'll just go for the experience. And we would just say that like in random situations, like for like little things. And then it kind of started off where we were, I think the first like big trip that we did was we were like, it was just like one random night. We're riding around the campus at uh, UCF University of Central Florida, where we were going at the time. And um, we're just riding around the campus and then our friend that lives in New Orleans hit us up and he's like, Hey, you guys should come visit like Mardi Gras going on. You should come visit sometime. I was like, well, that'd be cool. You know, saying like, that would be cool to do one day. And then my friend was like, well, why don't we just go now? And I was like, well, I mean, we could, but it's like 10 PM right now. We'd get there at like, I don't know, 10 AM tomorrow. Like what you want to go right now? He's like, yeah, let's just go home. We'll pack up our stuff and we'll go right now and I was just like I don't see why not so then he's like let's just go for the experience <laughs> and then and then that's kind of what started it and uh, we just did the trip we drove all night got there rode a bunch of different skate parks rode around town like saw what Mardi Gras was all about and then we ended up driving back Sunday and I think we ended up I think we were driving probably about the same amount of time that we were actually there it ended up calculating out that way but I mean it was still like it was so awesome you know and we that's kind of what started it and then um yeah that was uh it just kept continuing from there we just kept doing random weekend trips where we'd just like look at a map and we didn't even really know that there was the extent of skate parks that there were in Georgia until we started looking it up so we just kind of find a random town in Georgia where we're like just look at a map and like pick a spot in Georgia and then we just find a skate park close to that and just drive there that night like on a Friday night when we got off work and um we just show up to the skate park set up a tent like at the bottom of the bowl or something or in the woods next to it or something if the bowl didn't look like we could sleep in it or something and then uh and then we'd get up and ride the skate park the next day and that's kind of just what we did on the weekend sometimes just made it all happen that's super cool man yeah it was fun it was a good time so now what has it grown into now because i read stories of you guys being in australia yeah so after that was when we were all living together was when we were doing those random weekend trips and stuff and uh and then i moved out here um because i started i started dating a girl and 
ended up uh, getting a really good like job set up and everything out here. So then I moved out here from Florida. I'm, I'm in Huntington Beach now. And um, so then I moved out here. We obviously weren't doing like the weekend trips anymore because we're on the opposite sides of the country. And um, one of the other guys moved out. He moved back to Melbourne, Florida, which was like um, it was like an hour away. And uh, so we're all kind of like living a little further away from each other. And then another friend moved back to St. Louis, another friend moved back to Texas. So we're just all over the place and we didn't really get to see each other much. So we had been talking about doing a, a bigger trip like that. And, um, and we were like, we need to, we need to go to Australia because one of our friends that has come and visit us a couple of times, Troy, he has always told us like, yeah, you guys, you guys have like gave me a place to stay here. So if you come over there, you have a place to stay too. Just come over whenever. And we were like, all right, well, maybe we'll do it one day. Like never really thinking it would happen. And um, and then one of my friends just kind of got the ball rolling on it. And we were all just uh, like, they were like, oh, book my tickets. And I, we we're all just like, what? You booked your tickets already? Like we didn't even discuss anything. Like, so like he booked his tickets and then another friend booked his and then I found out like whoa like everybody's doing this like I guess maybe I could pull it off too and then put it all together and we all kind of ended up being able to go at the same time and uh, a couple of my friends Rob and Mason um, they ended up staying a little bit longer um, but yeah I had to like come back because I had to work and stuff but um but yeah, I mean, that was awesome. And we're, we're still trying to do stuff like that. Like we just recently did a, a Colorado trip because a couple of them are living in, in the Denver area now. So we just met out there and then we we're just riding around and doing a trip around uh, in the mountains and riding skate parks up there and camping and hammocking up on the side of a mountain and stuff like wherever, <laughs> wherever we can figure out to do it the cheapest way possible and also like being legal as possible. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah we're trying That's, to dude, keep doing that even though we are still across the country from each other you know it's so cool you can just jump up and go i'm thinking about the australia trip and you, like obviously most of you have jobs by now and, and you you got to pay for that trip to australia somehow and then on short notice like that was it difficult to get off from work or can you work from home and just fly out there so so that was before I was ever working from home. Like I've been working from home now since, um, since like April. Um, so yeah, we, we had never even had the option to work from home before, but I, I mean, it, it was far enough in advance. I think it was still like a month or maybe a month and a half out from when I actually booked my tickets to when we left. So I did have time to like put in the request for the time off and everything. And um, I was actually only out there for 10 days. So it wasn't, it wasn't that long that I was there. So it wasn't like a huge deal that I was missing for that long from work. But um, I mean, obviously, you know, they still mess with me now. They're like, they're like, Oh, you're taking some time off soon. You're going to move to Australia for another month or two. Like just always messing with me about that stuff. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it worked out. And like, I'm super grateful that, uh that they are pretty understanding with like what I, what I like to do, you know, and the other side things that I'm trying to, to pull off, you know? Yeah, that is pretty cool. So they know about like your, the other, the business that you started here. I got, I got this thing. I was like, how can I do this all professional? Like I can do screen share and then put it up on the screen for everybody to see on YouTube. Oh, sweet. 
So they can see, can you, you can see it too, right? Yeah. 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 So here's all the stuff that, uh, here's all the stuff, the website, what it looks like. That's just like the front page there, the collection of stuff that you guys have. And, uh, so who, like, did y'all collectively get together and start this thing? Like, a bunch of your friends or is it like Solik? you 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 just started going hey i want to do some shirts or how did the website get started with the stuff and the design and all that good stuff so it, it kind of started off with uh with like a small group of dudes that we were all riding together and um we were hanging out a bunch and that's that was like the group that we would always go to the taco the taco tuesday with when we were um when my friend would go and he'd be like saying that he was too broke to get it. He was part of that group. Um, we all kind of just sat around and <laughs> we're just drawing up ideas and trying to come up with a logo and everything. And then, um, yeah, pretty much from there, it's just been um, like, I, I, I do all the designs. And then uh, my friend, Robert, he's uh, his, his name on Instagram's Robert. Uh, what is it? Robert BMX eight, nine, five. He's got like a pretty big following. So we kind of, I left him to the social media side of things and he kind of takes care of all that. And then, uh, and then I kind of run the website and put the website together and design most of the stuff. So he, he obviously we send the, the designs back and forth and he'll approve of them or like, tell me what to change and give suggestions on what to do or stuff like that. But pretty much I'm the one that does uh, most of the website stuff, but he's like the, he's like the media guy is pretty much what it is. Like he does all the, all the like professional photos. He does, he edits all the videos. Um, we all take turns filming and stuff when we're on trips, but yeah, from the beginning, it was just a, like a small group of people. And now pretty much me and Rob are the only ones that are still fully involved, at least like uh, financially and creatively. So the rest of the people like we all consider them like still part of it, but so yeah i mean that's it's so rad that you do like that you made did you pick up like the website's great the blog's awesome like from what i read and the pictures i'm kind of showing everybody here of the the pictures and the blog and like the scenes you guys get to experience this stuff and it all came from your love of bike riding together i mean bmx stuff and skate and skate parks and then it's really cool to see, like, looking at this picture right here that's on the screen. You guys started this with a on the off the cuff trip to New Orleans. Yeah, and exactly. It leads into seeing sites like that right there, like where you just you know you're seeing stuff like that, and you have a website now and and like product lines all like that you're shipping out to people. So. I mean, it's pretty rad that you can just get an idea. Did you jump on it right away? Did it gradually build? Or did you guys like, no, hey, if we're going to do this, we're going to go all in right away? Um, it was definitely more of like a, a gradual build thing. Like we started off with just a couple shirts. Like we pretty much had just the, the dagger long sleeves. And then um, there was another one on there called just the dagger tee. Those were like the first ones that we ever came out with. And um, we just wanted to see like how many, how many we'd sell or if people would even want to buy them. And then pretty much we were just thinking like worst case scenario, 
we got to make shirts that we like and we get to wear wear clothes that we designed you know like yeah that was that's the one i'm wearing right now actually but um that was the first shirt that we designed and, and put out together and uh people liked them and we, we ended up selling out of those pretty quick and one of the things we were trying to do was not uh not restock them just so we could kind of keep it fresh all the time and whenever they sell out we were just going to do like a limited run thing of everything but that one was actually one of the more popular ones and we ended up restocking it now i think twice so that's i mean that's a I've always thought that's a great idea. Um, in the CrossFit community, they do one like where the shoes are nobles, right? They do limited runs of the different colors and schemes. So once that's out, it's out until they decide to restock it. You don't know when it's going in. They have a few that they keep kind of regular, but I thought that was a great idea because it creates demand for that product. So like it creates, if you want it, you got to get it before it's gone, especially if it's something that's really cool. Like this shirt is so awesome. Like it has the the knife down the elbow. Like if you're going to get a tattoo, like, oh, that'd be pretty sweet right there. You know, um, yeah. and just the whole design is, is super sick, man. I, I really like it a lot. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, this one, it's still one of my favorite ones we've ever made. Like we have so many different colors of it now too. And um yeah i'm still i'm still stoked on it to this day i think we'll probably end up like making more colors in the future of the same design just because it's probably our most popular one we still have a couple of the black ones in stock but other than that i think we're pretty much sold out of all of them at this point has it spread through like the biking the bmx community or any other community for that matter but really since you guys are involved in bmx has it spread through the bmx community where you get like a bunch of high level riders, like pro riders on like getting stuff and wearing your gear or do you, I mean, I don't know your situation either. Like who's pro riders with you and who's not and whatnot, but do you, are you guys spreading throughout that community or is it just kind of like a, a wide variety of customers that you get, that you grab? I would say it's, it's pretty wide. I mean, I, I always kind of wanted to keep it from being just a BMX brand um, because I didn't want to have, you know, I didn't want to pinpoint just one demographic. Like if somebody else likes our stuff and they want to, they want to buy a shirt or something like they would feel weird. They're like, Oh, well, why would I buy this BMX company shirt if I don't ride BMX? Like, so that's why we didn't really want to pinpoint it as just BMX. And then, um, then we kind of doing, started doing the whole, uh, that whole tent line. And we have like the shirts with the orange tent on it. And that one was, uh, that's the tent that we took to like all the skate parks and we were just set up in the middle of the skate park. And we have like tons of photos of this tent just placed in so many different places. Like there's a couple that are just like in the middle of a bowl or like next to my car, like in a Costco parking lot or even like in a church parking lot at one point, like there, it's just been like everywhere. So we were like, well, let's, let's make a design with the orange tent on it. And then we started doing that. And then it kind of got the attention of um, just more like outdoor people and like people that go camping and just like outdoorsy people that hike and everything. And um, so we've had, we've had that kind of demographic too, like people hitting us up and they're just like, yeah, I don't ride BMX, but you got me inspired to go and just pack up my tent and go on a random camping trip this weekend or something. So yeah, it's kind of more of a, wanted to make it, I guess the best word is like a, 
on a lifestyle brand, I guess. But it sounds so yeah, cheesy I mean, to say that, doesn't it? Like if you say that out loud, I know. Yeah, whenever someone's like, "Yeah, I run, I run a lifestyle brand," like I just imagine like, you know, the dude with the camera on his face, like vlogging or something. I don't know, <laughs> which is also something we we try to avoid all the time. Like we don't want to come off as cringy ever, but it's it's so hard not to be sometimes. Like I don't know, <laughs> the struggle. Well, how do you, you've got to put, I mean, I'm doing, I do the same thing with the podcast, right? And the stuff that I'm doing, like trying to promote it. You don't ever want to look like that cheesy person that's doing that. But then how do you put the content out? Otherwise, you've got to make videos. You've got to do this. You've got, you know, you've got to do it. And what I've, what I'm discovering, I should say, like, it's a constant evolution is just as long as I do it where I'm being myself, then everything's going to work out just fine with it. Like it seems to go better when I'm just like, I'm not like putting pressure on it to find a different thing to do. It's like, how would I say that in a normal situation, sitting here with my kids, like wanting to make a joke or be silly or say something and then just do that. And then just roll with it that way and post it and forget about it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It, it's very, very weird, but you guys being BMXers, like you got to get, that content right there and people are all like all the time are going to be amazed with like whatever people are doing at any level because i know for i don't know like like i said i don't know where you guys are at if any of you guys are pro riders if you have been before sponsored you know what you guys are doing but as far as like when you get involved in something and you start making it certain levels up like you get better and better from when you were a grom then you can start to do these tricks and you start to shred and do these other things you start to surround yourself with people who are really good and so you never realize like you never fully realize that what level you're on you always think that you're kind of at the bottom of the barrel and you can be better you know what i mean when you get to a certain spot you never focus on like man i'm i'm pretty good at this you're like no, I got, I'm not that good at all. Like, why do I want to, why do people want to videotape me? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like that happens all the time. Like, especially being out here where this is, I mean, where I am is pretty much like the, like the hotspot for BMX. So all of the best riders are out here like all the time. So I'll show up to a skate park thinking I'm going to be the only bike there. And then one of the best bull riders in the world just shows up and he's just, you know, airing 10 feet out of like a, a 10 foot quarter pipe and going twice the speed that I ever would. And I'm just like, wow, I need to go faster. Like, <laughs> So you, you're, you're like with that, but then you're also, you know, you ride with your friends that are around your same like riding level and, you know, you kind of push each other, but you don't really feel like you're like, wow, I need to step it up, you know? <laughs> but um yeah it's important it isn't it is important to see that like to see those guys that are going fast like the guys that do it i remember so back in the 90s i did i went to an x games right and i was not like that crazy good i really wasn't good at all um but i'm just i'll just go for stuff and so i'm up there and that that back then you didn't have youtube or anything so the only way to really get it was to see it in person happen and so then I'm around all these pros and I'm watching them and what they're doing. We went street skating with them a little bit. And I'm going, oh, the level of skating went like jumped so fast. Like before that point, it was like a gradual thing. And then you see it happen in person. You go, he just did that trick. Like 
whoa, I haven't, my mind is like, all the possibilities start running and then the creativity, you're like, Ooh, what, you know, (laughs) then you start adding things on. So the jump goes crazy when you see stuff like that. So when you go back with your, you know, your peers, your guys that do at the same level as you, then you're going to push yourself to like, Hey, I want to try what that dude did at the bowl the other day. And maybe, maybe not 10 feet, but I'll get five feet out the bowl. (laughs) Yeah. And that, that actually does happen all the time. Like even with, with our small group of, of people that are involved in FTE, just like, but actually to go back to your question before, none of us, none of us are pro, but um, a couple are like sponsored riders. Like there's a couple of the dudes in, in Denver that are sponsored by a company called tree. And then um, another one is sponsored by um, actually, I don't know what his current sponsored status is right now. So I'm not going to say any names, but our, one of our friends in Florida, he's sponsored. And then our friend in Australia is sponsored all just by different bike companies. But, um, but yeah, I mean, none of us are like pro, like we wouldn't compete at a pro level or anything. At least, at least I don't think so, but it's being surrounded even from uh, just the people we've been riding with in our respective areas. Like we've all done the same thing, like watching this dude do this or like even like a pocket air, like, on a rounded corner where they air from like the one side and kind of curve around it and land on the other side. And like, we're, that was something that before I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And then now I seeing it in person, I'm like, that looks way more doable now. Like, maybe I could try it. So we've all kind of been like <clears throat> progressing a little bit like that, even though we've been riding for so long and we used to do like way more tricks back then, at least I'm, I'm speaking for a couple of the dudes that just ride bowls and stuff like I do now but yeah we're like watching all of these riders that we look up to now doing these crazy pocket airs and airing out of like a 12 foot bowl with like pool coping that sticks out pretty far and like even getting over that like two feet or something is like you know that's an achievement to us we're like wow that's crazy I got like even this this high out of it because you have to go so fast to get to that point anyway so like that's like that's like our level of like getting, getting stoked on something because we watch someone else and we're like, well, maybe I can do that, but at a smaller scale, even though it's not like, you know, super impressive or anything to some people, but. I mean, it's only, it's only not super impressive to the people who are another level, yeah. level up, you know, like to people who just like ride around or just start like, you know, just casually watching it. They'd be like, Oh my gosh, that's crazy what he's doing. You know? And then there's certain technical aspects. I thought about this the other day and this is just a random thing, but I'm sure it's the same in bike riding. Uh, I saw one of Rick Thorne's posts the other day and he was explaining the difference between one of the little airs that he did and, and and in detail. And it got like, it's the same thing with skateboarding a lot. And with uh, rollerblading is that there's some things you're going to look at on such a high level. You'd be like, Oh, well, I mean, I just saw that dude do it the other day and you don't realize they did it switch or they did it on like the, the, the type of terrain that they're on and they made it look super easy. Like there's a bunch of technical things in there that they do that people do that you're like only people on the inside know like how hard or difficult that actually really was. (laughs) Like it looks a lot easier and you go, Oh no, that's way harder than what it looked. Yeah. Exactly. And that happens so much for, for the stuff that we like to do. Cause to some people it's either like, wow, that's crazy that you're even doing that. And then to some people you just see someone like 
going around in circles in a bowl and like airing out of different corners and landing in different ones. They're like, that, that doesn't look that crazy, but you know, like the technical aspect of it, it's way crazier to someone that like knows and has tried it. So yeah, it's definitely like wherever you're coming from, you know, like the insider's point of view. Yeah. And you guys, you'll see it. Like you said, that two inch lip, you're like, Oh, that guy, you know what? Tony Hawk goes way further above the coping than that. And you go, Oh, but that lip sticks out. Have you ever tried to roll over that lip? I mean, you just, it's something that they wouldn't ever understand until you get on it and you go do it. So it's, I just started thinking about that. It's just a funny thought that went through my head of like, wow, there's so many things that I look at the TV screen and go, that was amazing. And everybody else like, I have no idea why I'm like, that's awesome. It's my favorite clip. I want to post it on my Instagram. And like, this guy's rad. And they're, I mean, it's awesome. Like they're amazed still, but not on the same level of me going like, this was incredible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That happens so much. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Do you, like, so where is this for the experience thing? Like, where are you planning on taking this thing? Is it like a serious goal that you have? And how long have you had this thing? Like, how long has the website been going up where you've been selling product? So I think technically we started it in 2015. Um, that was like when we actually put the whole thing together. And I think at least started the design of our first shirt. But I think we released stuff in 2016 was our first like actual release date of clothes. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, it's one of those things where <clears throat> like I'm working a full-time job and at a BMX company and like, I love it. Like, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want to change anything about it. It's an awesome job, but, um, it's one of those things where like doing the whole FTE thing would be super cool. Even if I could do that as a full-time job, that'd be awesome. But it's at the point where it's like, it's kind of like an after work thing. Like once I get off, I'll start working on designs or come home and pack, pack orders or whatever that come in. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I would love to take it further and like do bigger stuff with it and do bigger trips or even like work with, with other companies or something that, that are trying to help us out or like get our name out there or something. And they want to, you know, support us on a trip or something like I'm, I'm willing to do any of that stuff. You know, like I'm, I'm down to do whatever with it. If it stays as like a smaller thing that, that like we've been doing just like a little side, side gig thing. Like I'm still cool with that too. I mean, pretty much at this point, like we're not investing anything in the company personally, like financially. So the company's just fully self-sufficient. Like any money that we make just goes right back into it. And that pays for the new batch of stuff we're going to make. So it's just like, <clears throat> just like a constant cycle of just like, selling stuff, printing stuff, selling stuff, printing stuff. And that's just how it's been now pretty much since the beginning. I mean, there's been a couple of times where we've done like a bigger, a bigger run of something or like maybe did like jackets where they're more expensive or something. And we had to like invest a couple, like a little bit more money or something like that. But for the most part, it's just kind of been self-sufficient and it's cool. Just pretty much I look at it as like, I get to design clothes that I like and that my friends like and that we all like and we all want to wear and that's pretty much it so and uh, i mean you know <laughs> i'm down for anything to happen with it if it decides to like something goes crazy and it blows up one day and it becomes a full-time thing like i'll do that 
you know, I'm not really against it at all. So <laughs> it'd be cool to do that too. It's kind of wild though, that you can be, you could probably still work for that BMX company and have this thing like grow like crazy. You're kind of set up in a cool position with that, where if you're, if you're working for this bike company and you can have this other clothing company, you know, going, it's on the internet, you know, you can hire people to help ship it out unless it's like, you just wanted to leave the BMX company, but like BMX is your life. You know, you're kind of working. I love to see it when people are like working in the industry that their, their passion is in. So that's like a, that's a really, really cool thing. And now you've got this other thing on the side. I think the whole thing is really cool, man. Yeah. it's It's been awesome. I mean, like even moving out here in the first place, I moved from Florida where there's not really a huge, uh, I mean, there is a huge BMX scene, but like not industry wise, I guess, like there's a couple pros and there's like a couple companies that have their headquarters out there in Orlando, but out here is like a whole different world where you come out here and there's like every pro, every pro that you've seen, like riding at skate parks or like their clip, like goes viral on Instagram or something. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you just like see them at the skate park. And then you see like the dude that owns the company at the skate park and you see just like, you know, there's just like everybody out here. And when I first moved out here, I didn't really, you know, expect to be involved in, uh, in the industry as much. Um, and then somehow <clears throat> got this job at S and M bikes and fit and S and M has been one of my favorite companies for such a long time. And always thought they were so sick and because they have like roots in, trails and stuff and that's kind of what I grew up on you know so that was a that was a super cool thing to be able to get a job opportunity in. and now yeah I mean now I think it even has helped meeting people through S&M too like I've still you know I get the opportunity to meet all these different riders and like then they know people and I just have all these different like connections that I've made since I've moved out here and met these people and started working this job and I think it could be beneficial either way you know does it get nerve wracking when those, the owners of the company and the pros show up there at the skate park? Like, is it, is it a little like when you first moved out there, especially, is it like a little bit nerve wracking? Like, Oh, now I have to drop in the bowl with like this guy watching. Like, this is kind of crazy. Yeah. When, when I first moved out here, it was like that a lot. Like, cause I would show up and most of my favorite riders live close to here so I would show up and some of my favorite riders that I've been looking up to for a long time would just be at the skate park and I'd be like well I'm not gonna ride in front of them like why would I ride I'm I'm just gonna sit here and watch them ride like that's what I want to do but then you know everybody's so cool all the time like you're sitting up like on the deck of the bowl and then one of your favorite riders is like yo dude like you could drop in like you haven't gone in a while it's your turn and I'll just be like, all right, I guess I'll go. <laughs> like, it's just one of those things where like, it is like super nerve wracking because obviously they're not going to judge you. Like they're at such a, a high level of riding now that I feel like they've gotten used to it. You know, they don't really view other people's levels of riding as like, you know, they're like, well, that guy's not very good. Like, I don't think they're going to judge anyone, but you still have that, you know, like you're like, well, I'm going to ride this bowl that this dude just, destroyed like 15 seconds ago and I'm going to look really weak compared to what he just did. So yeah, definitely, definitely was nerve wracking at first, but I I guess I've kind of just gotten used to it at this point. Now 
I kind of view them as like, you know, friends. Like you show up to the skate park and you're like, oh, BMX dudes, you know, and then you're all just having a session together and it's not really as crazy anymore. Well, that's the, well, that's, that's the one weird thing. And I want to kind of get, I wanted to get your perspective on it from a BMX side and, and, you know, you're saying those guys show up there because um, usually the, I mean, those dudes go through the same thing that everybody else goes through. I mean, they started somewhere. They didn't just jump on a bike and start shredding it. Right. Just like nobody does. They all take their bumps and bruises and fall and they suck at one point. And, you know, they like, it took a lot of practice and a lot of hard work to get to that level, like a lot of reps. And so I think they, I think most of the time when you get that high, you're like, I think those dudes probably go, yeah, I've been there. I know what it takes. Like if I make fun of this dude, like somebody was making fun of me, you know, trying these things, like, I'm not going to make fun of him. He's out there and he's in the bowl. Like he's trying to get better. He's trying to do these crazy tricks. He's pushing his limits. So and we're all just rolling around on wheels, having fun. You know, this is one of those things, but I think when you, when you, and it's, it's with everything, it's with professional sports, it's with anything. They've gone through every level. They've been from the bottom to the very top and they know what it's like to be at this level. And they know what it's like to be at that level and trying to get better and how difficult it is. So I think there's a respect level there. We're like, Oh yeah, come on, man, jump in the bowl you're not gonna learn if you don't yeah exactly and that's that's what i've noticed too and i think that's that's exactly what it is they're like well why not try to like push someone to progress because that's what i would have wanted when i was at that level you know and that a lot like everybody out here like i mean at least most people i'd say they don't really have like that type of ego where they're like too cool to like help someone out you know or like push them to be like dude you were like so close to getting that just try it again you'll get it next time like And I've seen like, even with like younger kids that are trying to do their first like bar spin or like even just like smaller tricks, like a 180 out of a quarter pipe or something like you'll see these dudes that are like top five, like best riders, like in their whatever style of riding. And they're, they're still like helping out this little kid. So yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to see it actually, especially being around so many of them. Like there's just so many higher level riders here. And like, you don't really expect them to be so personable and even just like helpful when it comes to like younger kids that are looking up to them and they're getting helped out by one of their idols. You know, it's super sick. It's something that's really funny. And then I've also noticed, and, and especially with the podcasting and talk to a bunch of people is that sports or activities where you can get severely injured in <laughs> and it's like dangerous and falling hurts you can't have an ego like your ego almost can't exist at that point because that overconf that overconfidence and thinking man concrete is a is a equalizer <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like it's an equalizer to slam on the concrete so it'll humble you very very quickly like when you <laughs> fall so i i just don't see I don't see how, I think that's why so many action sports people are so cool that I've met is because it's very humbling to, to know, like, you know, slams hurt. Like it doesn't matter how good I am. If I mess up, it's going to hurt real bad. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It happens to everyone too. So it's not like you're the only one, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess let everybody know where they can find your stuff. I know we pulled it up on the screen, but tell them where they can find the for the experience stuff and go support your your all the stuff that you guys are doing and and check out the blogs. Do you guys have a YouTube channel? Yeah, so like we'll usually film our trips that we do, like just even just random ones that we did on the weekends or whatever and we have the whole series of the whole Australia trip actually. Like the whole thing is filmed throughout the whole the whole trip that I did and then even after I left they continued filming. So um it's it's FTE Collective on YouTube and it's ftecollective.com is our website and then on Instagram we are fte.collective. So that's pretty much all all Sweet, the spots man. that we use. Sweet. And uh and they can catch you there, order the stuff, get all the things. Man, thanks James. This was awesome, dude. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Thank you to James for being on. Really appreciate it. As always, go like, rate, review, share on social media, and head over to the YouTube page, subscribe, hit the like button. It really means the world to us. And until the next episode, see ya.